Welcome to One City Podcast. Today, Pastors Chris and Karen Conley will take a deeper dive into this week's message and teach us to apply the truth of God's word in our lives. Hey, everybody, this is Karen and Chris Conley, and we are here today with this edition of Conversations regarding the message on healing that Chris just taught. And Chris, this is a message and a topic that we've not taught on a lot in the past. And um, I'm excited to have this conversation because I know this is a topic that as, as I listened to the message, as you taught what Scripture says, it made a lot more sense than maybe I would have thought to begin with, but I know that it's also a topic that really can be difficult because all of us have known somebody that we have prayed for that God didn't heal. And so if you haven't listened to the message, I want to encourage you just go back and listen to that message. Um, I think it would be really, really helpful, informative, both intellectually, but also just at the heart level. But let's just start right off the bat with that area um, that tends to be a difficult situation. When you talk to somebody, whether they are a believer or not, um, when you have those times where you feel like God disappoints you, it's hard to really kind of recover from that sometimes. So talk to us a little bit as we apply this message to our lives and try to understand God's perspective on healing. What do you say to that person who's like, I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and he didn't heal? Well, you know, in the I would say I've always believed that our God is a healer. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, there was a part of me that in that belief, I was more wishful that he would heal in these types of circumstances than I was um, confident in who he is as a healer and in his desire and ability to still heal through us today. And, and, you know, I would read all of these scriptures about healing, and, you know, it would be kind of like, well, I mean, yes, I, I know that happened yesterday, and I see that happen around the world, but why doesn't that happen here enough? And and then we would swing the pendulum all the way to the other side, and there would be certain people that you know, maybe all they teach on is healing. And, and maybe, you know, it was kind of like a, a televangelist kind of person that, that, you know, you kind of question, well, is all of that real? Is it legit? Is it not legit? And, you know, you kind of have certain skepticism about certain things. But I want to bring the conversation of healing just to its most uh, relational foundation. Every single one of us have people we love. And in those relationships, there's going to be a time in our life where those people or ourselves have a need for healing. And how do we approach that? You know, because like you said, there are times that um, we pray for healing and we don't see or experience healing the way we prefer to see it. And we need to have a theological understanding of why God does heal and at times why he doesn't heal, uh, you know, in this present life. And so as we look at this, you know, one of the things I'd say right off the bat is honestly, some people listening to this, you might need to experience healing over some of the disappointment of someone not being healed. Mm-hmm. You know, because um, you're at your greatest uh, moment of need with God, 
And it's hard to understand why he wouldn't meet that need. And so there can even be healing for some of the hurt that occurs when he has chosen not to heal. Mm. So, so how, when you say that, and again, as, as we circle back, cause that is such a, a place of, of people getting tripped up, you mentioned in the message, there's, you know, there's the now and the not yet. Um, you know, there are other times I think of a good friend of mine and she was praying for her husband to be healed of cancer and she was praying for her husband's salvation. And she said, you know, God, God did, um, heal him spiritually, but he chose to heal him physically in heaven. Yes. And so even in that, sometimes I wrestle because if it's not your family member, it's easy to step back and say, wow, they're in a better place. We're just the ones down here that are sad. From God's perspective, he just gave them, you know, an upgrade. So how do you, how do you wrestle through all of that, that sometimes he takes them, sometimes he leaves them? How do we keep our heart in a place of trusting that he is a healer and he knows what's best? Well, I think God hates all forms of disease. Uh, Disease came into this world as a result of sin. Um, you know, when sin came into this world, uh, it created a fallen nature in man, but it also created a fallen creation. And, and so I, I think that God's um, desire to heal, uh, you know, it, it begins with salvation. And one of the things that we saw in this message that the Greek word for salvation and the Greek word for healing is the same word, sozo. And so oftentimes we need to have a much bigger view of healing uh, and, and see how comprehensive that view is. That yes, there is spiritual healing that you mentioned that your friend, uh, her husband was saved and therefore was going to ultimately experience all types of healing. Um, but I do think it's important to understand that God can choose not to heal physically in the moment and still be brokenhearted over the loss that we suffer. And, and, and God can choose not to heal. There's, there's, there's a reason, and, and we don't always know that reason, um, but yet he is going to minister to us He's never going to leave us alone. He's going to provide other forms of peace, other forms of healing, even in the midst of a tragedy. Now, I wish um, that you know I could uh, have every prayer that I've ever prayed for someone to be healed uh, to experience physical healing. But this is where you talked about that there's this sense of the now and not yet aspect of the kingdom of God. That healing is an example of an inbreaking of the kingdom of God um, occurring in the now. It is basically heaven coming to earth in the now. It is, you know, an example of not only was Jesus in the flesh, and therefore, as he was able to heal, he has given us authority. Um, and through the Holy Spirit, there's this dynamic where there are manifestations of the Spirit that are, that are manifestations of faith, which is 
a gift that he builds in us that that gives us a confident trust and and it's a faith that's kind of a a mountain moving faith and there's this undeniable reciprocal relationship between faith and healing and we see example after example in the scriptures and and there are moments that when I'm praying for someone I really sense and feel almost like a a boost of confidence you know like a increase of faith that like, oh, I I really sense that in this particular situation that the Lord is choosing to move in healing. And I will ask the Lord, will you release this faith? Will you release a a manifestation of your spirit of healing and heal this person in Jesus' name? Now, there are other times that I may not sense that same type of boost uh, that that you know added confidence, but then I just choose to believe anyway and say, okay, I'm going to pray according to who He is. He is Jehovah Rapha. He is our healer, and I'm going to ask Him to heal. But it's one of those situations where I know that He can, but I pray that He will. I know that He can, and I pray that He will. And so now, it's it's a it's also a dynamic where I've got to trust. His goodness. There is the revealed will of God, and there's the hidden will of God. In the revealed will of God in these situations is, is that we're supposed to uh, act in faith, we're supposed to pray for healing, and we're supposed to believe that God wants to heal. But in the hidden will of God, I've got to trust that whatever He decides is according to uh, his sovereignty, according to his goodness is what's best. You know, as you say that, I think about so many times we think about uh, and teach about our identity, that we need to be uh, understanding as a daughter or a son of God who we are. We look at ourselves the way God looks at us. Equally important, maybe even more important, is how our identity, how we view God's identity. And so, you know, as you say that of trusting his goodness, that really comes down to we will trust it if we have an accurate view of his identity. And sometimes that's hard to find in the middle of a crisis. And so, you know, it's just a reminder to all of us that, you know, in the day in and day out of life, that's when we need to be really developing and cultivating that relationship that we understand who he is, that we have predetermined that we know who he is and we know his character that's all throughout scripture. And we choose to hold on to that even when we can't see the results that would indicate what we believe about his character. Well, uh, I teach this a lot in regards to salvation, that I say most people find Christ in the crisis. But oftentimes, um, in the crisis, if there is a crisis for physical healing, emotional healing, relational healing, that oftentimes God might answer that prayer, and that would be the catalyst to a spiritual healing, to salvation. And so, you know, again, the identity part of what you're talking about is so important because there are a lot of people who are believers, but yet um, just don't tap into who God is as a healer, that when they are sick or someone else is sick, they begin to 
uh, pray for complementary things. They begin to pray for peace. So they begin to pray for the ability to, you know, persevere or be comforted or to cope in some way. And, but yet, I think God always wants us to pray for his highest expression of good. Mm-hmm. And all of those other things will always be a part of the equation. And, and so, you know, I, I think the danger here, and, and we talked about this in the message, is that people want to land on a side that it should be all healing right now or no healing right now. And what we talk about is we have to live in the tension of this now and not yet understanding of the kingdom of God. That um, though I wish this weren't the case, there are people I've lost in my life. I have officiated countless funerals. I have been beside uh, so many people, you know, in their um, moment of need of, of some type of serious illness or terminal illness. And I have seen God act as healer and heal some of those people. But I have also seen the, some of those people not be healed. And um, I'd much rather live in the honesty of the now and not yet aspect of the kingdom of God and yet have hope. I feel like I can love someone well by believing that my God is a healer, that my God can heal, and then just trusting what he does versus believing that my God no longer heals or that my God um, is limited in some capacity or doesn't care in some capacity. And so this is one of those things where we just want to talk very candidly about this. Um, God can defend himself. We don't have to defend God. There's a lot of times when people pray for healing, we get into like, you know, if it be your will and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I really don't get into that because I'm going to pray according to, again, his identity, according to who he is, according to his ability, and just trust whether it's his will with him or not. And then I don't have to defend if he chooses not to. Um, He is perfectly capable of revealing himself as a comforter when he chooses not to, all right? And as one that will wipe every tear away, uh, every tear from our eyes. And so I just think it's very important for us to approach this conversation with honesty, with vulnerability, but still in the fullness of faith. Okay. I've got two other questions for you before we wrap this thing up here. And the first one, um, you mentioned how faith is such a big part of this. And I'm imagining some of the people that we've walked with and even in seasons of our own where when something traumatic happens, when somebody's diagnosed with cancer, when, when there's a heart attack or whatever the case may be, so many times we just shut down. It's almost just like you're just numb. And so it almost feels defeating like I, I don't even I don't even know what to pray and is did they not make it because I didn't have enough faith so maybe elaborate you mentioned in the message he'll take faith anywhere help us to know where that comforter is he's your father he's taking care of you he knows that you're you're in in a traumatic place if this is a loved one versus how much 
it, it our own yeah. faith is there. I, I don't think there's like this, you know, thermometer of faith and like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, you're at sixty percent, and if you could only get, you know, you know, if you can get like seventy five or eighty percent, then I might say yes. Uh, I, you know, the other day you and I received a phone call from a very dear friend of ours whose mom took a turn for the worse and needed immediate prayer for a major miracle. And in that desperation, I got on my knees, I opened up my Bible, and I began just to read the scriptures that were examples of people being healed by faith. And, you know, there are times where I don't know what else to do. And um, I, I trust that, you know, yes, a mustard seed of faith. I trust that there are times that your faith and my faith can join together. And, and, and like you said, you know, Jesus will take faith wherever he can find it. You know, there's times I, I, I just say, you know, just say the word like the Roman centurion soldier. You know, there are times I take things out of scripture and say, you know, like Jesus said to Lazarus, unbind him and, you know, let him go. You know, Lazarus come forth, you know, that, that I try to use these examples and just pray, you know, in consistency with that. And then obviously just put them right there in the present day context. But I'm just asking God to give me the faith. And he's the giver of the faith. Um, I don't think he's asking me to like, you know, you know, like just grunt and, 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 you know, raise my voice and, and, you know, have willpower and sheer determination. And somehow or another, if I just, you know, push through that I'm going to be able to generate this faith. I believe it's a gift. And I'm appealing to him. And in sometimes I would say um, there are examples throughout the pages of Scripture that are healings just on the other side of desperation. And there are times I think our desperation is also an expression of faith, that we run out of options. There's nothing more we can do. And yes, we should turn to him first, but other times, you know, there's times that we we try to exhaust every other option and and we just come to him and say, please do what only you can do. And so those would be some of my recommendations in this of um, don't put this burden, do I have enough faith or not, on yourself. Just simply trust in the goodness of God. Know that, you know, faith is a gift that he gives you. It's something you're asking him to release. Um, and, you know, it's this manifestation of the spirit. And in that way, um, you're appealing to his goodness. Mm, I like that. That's super helpful. Last question. You're going to laugh when I ask you this one, but it's just where I live. Um, so, you know, there's this knock on the door, ask, seek, knock, beg, be that, you know, neighbor at the door that won't go away. And then I've heard other people that are like, you don't have to beg God. He wants to perform a miracle. Well, which is it? Like It's both. Yeah. Um, there are examples of both. I mean, there, again, uh, just a moment ago, I talked about sometimes the miracles on the other side of desperation. There's the woman with, you know, the issue of blood who just thinks if I can just push through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment, that she'll be healed. And, 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 her faith made her well. Okay. There's these other times that like the example that you gave, that there is the asking, seeking and knocking. And he says, because of your imprudence, 
that he opens the door, not because you were a friend, but because you wouldn't go away. And, and he rewards that perseverance and he rewards that consistency. And, and, and sometimes I, I don't necessarily know why he didn't answer the first or the second or the third time, but I do believe there's something that he's doing in us. Like the, the, the process is more important than the product, you know, so it's not just about the finished result, but it's about what he's doing in us through the process of how he's growing us and conforming us to the image of his son. And so as we look at this, um, you know, yes, I do believe God wants to heal. Um, you just, you know, you made the statement, you know, do I beg or not? Um, I don't know. Beg's a tricky word. Um, but I, I would say, for me, it's not begging as much as it is desperation, as much as it is there's this urgency, there's this, um, that, that I believe that when Jesus saw how Mary and Martha were devastated when they lost their brother Lazarus, that before that, that occurred, you know, obviously before he goes to the cross, that, that it gave him this picture of um, the pain of death and the pain of separation. And I believe it broke his heart. And, and, and I believe that, you know, he had this moment, it was like a foreshadowing that he saw in that moment what it really meant for him to go to the cross and what it meant for him to be the resurrection in the life. And in that moment, you know, he decides to bring Lazarus back and when he brings Lazarus back, I can only imagine the joy that he saw when Mary and Martha were reunited with Lazarus. And so in that way, I just appeal to the relationship in everything. All the time, my default is go to the essence of the relationship. He is a good father. I am his son, and I am going to go to him and ask him to do what only he can do as my father. Mm, I think that's a great way for us to end that idea of the relationship. And I know not everybody has a great parent-child relationship, and so sometimes that gets tricky. But even if you didn't, if you are a parent yourself, you know the heart that you have towards your child. And I think that is a great way for us to remember that he gives us these human relationships that are pictures of those divine relationships and how he relates himself to us. You know, and as we close, just when you think about praying for someone in need, I would just encourage you to create an environment of faith. And here's what I mean by that. Invite your friends who um, just the way that they orient themselves to God is they believe that he can. And they're, they're just people who they've seen God work before. They're, they're quick to pray for the miracle. They're quick to pray for the healing. They're not worried about what if it doesn't happen. Gather those people together. Mobilize those people. Our, our, our faith is strengthened in numbers, and, and it becomes contagious. And, and, and I really believe we see um, there's a dynamic where faith gives birth to faith, you know. And then the other thing I would say is when you're praying, ask the Holy Spirit to, uh, to lead that and to reveal to you, you know, is there anything else that needs to be prayed for? Is there, 
is there a situation where there's a core issue versus symptoms? And, and God, do you want to heal something that, you know, we, we may be dealing with a presenting issue. God, what's the core issue? And that if you could heal the core issue, would the presenting issue disappear? And, and so in that way, you're asking God, would you reveal what the real issue is here? And then also, you know, as you're praying, pray specifically. Uh, you know, don't pray generic prayers. And, and you don't have to pray a long prayer. You don't have to pray a theologically, you know, you know, just step-by-step prayer. It can simply be, in the name of Jesus, heal this person. You know, God, we command cancer to be gone, and we command healing to come on the scene. And, and so then the last thing I would say to you is, if Jesus doesn't heal immediately, well, just keep praying and uh, keep persevering in that, keep pressing in on that. And then what you'll see over time is that we're giving God the opportunity to take your faith, my faith, grow us in the midst of it, but then also use that faith for the greater good of healing, whether that's spiritual healing, physical healing, emotional healing, relational healing. You know, there's all types of healing. And we'll see him in his fullness show up, be present, and do what only he can do. All right. Well, I hope this has been really helpful as you think about the people that you love and the the needs that exist within our families and friends. And uh, we do, just as we wrap up today, really want to encourage you to find a group of people uh, that have faith and partner with them at every stage of life. It just will help you to grow. And especially in this season where there's so much isolation um, that you would just be intentional to prioritize that. So thanks for joining us. We will see you next time. You have a great one. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend and be sure to subscribe to this channel so you don't miss a single episode. Join our movement and help us prove that love works. You can give towards our mission at onecitymemphis.org.